Inside Property Investing, Episode 34. Welcome to the Inside Property Investing Podcast, where we dive inside the stories of the most successful and inspiring property entrepreneurs to share their successes, failures, and strategies, and help you plan your path towards financial freedom. Now, let's get started with your host, Mike Stenhouse. Your Property Network is a monthly magazine filled with property projects, case studies, and expert articles on finance, legislation, lettings, and much more. After our recent interview with magazine editor Ant Lyons, we've got a great offer for our listeners. Go to insidepropertyinvesting.com forward slash YPN and you can get your first issue for free, as well as a copy of Simon Zucci's book, Property Magic, as a free bonus. There's no contract and no time commitment. So get over to insidepropertyinvesting.com forward slash YPN and get your first copy for free now. Hey Property Insiders, Mike Stenhouse here. And it's that time of the month again where rather than interviewing another inspiring property investor, I'm going to talk through my trials and tribulations over the last 30 days to give a bit of frontline insight into the strategies I'm focusing on, what's working, what's not working, and what we want to do over the next month. This month, we've completed on one purchase are days away from exchanging on another, we've changed our strategy on the two-bed terrace we had on the market, among a few other exciting events. I can't promise we'll achieve our goals, but I hope that by putting them out there in this public domain, it'll make us more accountable and strive that little bit harder to make sure we succeed every month. As always, I'd love to hear what your own property goals are, whether they're short-term or long-term, financial or otherwise. Get in touch in the comments at insidepropertyinvesting.com forward slash update two post on our Facebook page, or send me an email at mike at insidepropertyinvesting.com and I'll do whatever I can to help you succeed. The first thing of significance that happened once we got back from Shanghai was that we completed on our own house. It's a four-bed Edwardian house in South Manchester that needs completely gutted. In the few weeks we've had the keys, we've spent basically every night and weekend there stripping wallpaper, kitchens, bathrooms and floorings whilst we decide and finalise the plans for it. The architect's drawings are done, the steelwork has been designed, building control have been notified and the quotes are coming in vaguely on budget, so far at least. The builders were start demolishing the walls to open up the living space this weekend, and it'll all move pretty quickly from there. We want to be in by the end of June, which I know is never going to happen, but if I keep telling myself it's possible, I know we'll at least be close. From a financial point of view, we bought it for 320000 and plan on spending 55000 on the refurb. Whilst we're not doing this one to make money on, it's nice to know that the house directly opposite ours has just had a sale agreed at 375000 and it's nowhere near the standard ours will be when it's finished. A valuation of 400000 in six months should allow us to pull some money back out of it and use that to reinvest into one or two more buy-to-lets. I'll stick a couple of the before pictures up in the show notes page so you can see what we're working with. The other deal, which has taken up a huge amount of my time this month, is a repossession we had an offer accepted on before we went to Shanghai. As you might know, repossessions are typically sold under similar conditions as auction properties, with the expectation that you complete on it in 28 days. I was a little nervous about heading off to China for two crucial weeks of the process, but our solicitor and estate agent are both great, so I trusted them to get on with it, and I was only at the end of an email if something urgent came up. All was a little too quiet though, and I got home to find out the vendor's solicitor didn't have half of the paperwork needed, so things had ground to a halt. 
They accepted it was their problem, so the 28-day exchange requirement was waived whilst they figured out where the documents had ended up. In the meantime, though, another offer had been put forward through a second agent that was also advertising the property. We didn't see the point in increasing our offer until we knew everything was in order, as we didn't want to get into a bidding war before we even knew what we were buying. The plan was to keep the price as low as possible until we were in a position to exchange, and then snipe it with a slightly higher bid at the last minute. It didn't quite go to plan, and they accepted the other offer despite still not having the documents in order. We backed off for a week until the paperwork was found, at which point we got into a mini bidding war, but ultimately secured the property again for five grand higher than our initial bid. It still makes a lot of sense at that price, but the fat lady hasn't sung yet. The vendor's solicitor released the new contracts today, and hopefully with any luck we'll be exchanging tomorrow. It'll be a massive relief. It's always the ones you think are going to be quick and simple that turn out to be a pain. On the plus side though, the delays have saved us a chunk of money in finance fees. The original plan was to use our first investor's money for the deposit and renovations and get bridging for the rest of the purchase price. If you remember from last month, they lent us £40,000 on a personal loan basis. Within the last week, our second investor has come through and given us a further 60000 which will cover the rest of the purchase price and mean we don't need hefty bridging fees. It brings our total outside investment up to £100,000 in the space of about eight weeks of searching and we'll continue to look for further funding on a similar basis for more passive investors. The good thing is, even if we need more money quickly, we can always rearrange the bridging against the property and release some of the investor money for the next deal. I'd hope to be in a position to share the full financial breakdown of this deal this month, but until we've exchanged it still feels a bit premature, so I'll save that for next month. If I'm not here next month, you'll know something's gone wrong and I'm probably crying myself to sleep somewhere. The third deal, worth touching on briefly, is the two-bed terrace that we've been trying to sell for two months now. It's a great little house, and the cheapest house of that quality in the area, but the parking situation is a nightmare at times, and it's really affecting people's desire to buy it. I kind of thought about parking at the time we were buying it, but I was a little cocky given everything else we had flipped sold within days, so I figured this wouldn't really be an issue. It's taught me a huge lesson in not just assessing the property, but also the surrounding area, the facilities like parking, and what our prospective buyers might be put off by. Anyway, life goes on, so we're now working on plan B. We bought this one for 80000 and spent fifteen renovating it, bringing our total investment to 95000 We'd hoped to sell it for 110 to 115000 giving us well in excess of ten grand profit after selling fees. But now we're going to refinance it as a buy-to-let and add it to the long-term portfolio. If we can get it valued at 115000 we'll be able to borrow 86000 leaving us with nine grand left in the property, which isn't ideal, but more importantly, it'll give us £16,000 cash out of it after we've paid off the existing mortgage. That's money that'll certainly come in handy for future projects, and renting out the house will give us over £3,000 a year income, or in excess of a 30% ROI on the 9000 left in it. So it's not going to set the world on fire, but it'll take away nicely in the background and means we'll be £250 a month closer to our goal of £2,000 monthly income by the end of 2015. We haven't been doing much else in the way of lead generation activities for new deals as we've been pretty swamped this month between our new house, dealing with the repossession, and wedding planning thrown into the mix. But in May, I really need to pick up my game when it comes to finding a couple of lease option deals that can help us generate some income 
without significant investment on our part. Of course, if we can find some new investors looking for a great return in that time, we might just look to buy another project, but I'm keen to get our first lease option under our belt just to prove to ourselves they can be done. I think direct mail letters to vendors whose houses have been on the market for a long time will be our first attempt, so we'll see how that goes. Talking to guys like Neil Ward and Tom Wade about their systems for lease options has just got me so confident that if we can figure out how to get one in our area, more will likely follow. Other than that, the podcast is still going well. We narrowly missed out on my target of 2,000 weekly downloads in April, but got pretty damn close with 1,935 last week. This week is even better already, so I'm confident we'll get there, and I guess since half of this week is still in April, it'll kind of count towards that goal. Overall though, we're 25% up on total downloads compared to March, which I think is amazing. A podcast mentor of mine suggests you need to be growing your audience at about 10% a month to justify the effort, so we're definitely doing something right. Obviously the whole purpose of this show is to help motivate and inspire you to make leaps in your own property journey, and from the emails I'm starting to receive from people all over the world, it's definitely doing that. You'll no doubt have noticed that a couple of adverts have started appearing in the show as well though. Hopefully this isn't an issue for most of you. I do need to justify the time spent recording and editing somehow. The ads will always be relevant to property investing and wherever possible I'll try to secure amazing offers for you at the same time, like free entry to your first pin meeting or a free issue of YPN magazine. I'll keep them short and I'll keep them focused and they'll allow me to keep the interviews coming three times a week. On the back of the podcast, I've also been asked to speak at a couple of investor events over the next few months starting with the Liverpool pin in May, so if you're in the area, I'd love for you to come and say hi. I'll be talking about the recurring habits I've noticed in our most successful guests, and how you can apply them to your own investing. I'm really looking forward to it, along with everything else I hope is going to come together throughout May. The scary thing about doing these monthly updates is it makes you realise just how quickly time passes by. So what are you going to do between today and my next update to make real progress in your own property journey? Let me know, and as always, let me know how else I can keep improving the show to make it as relevant and useful as possible to you. Thanks again for joining us, have a great month, and we'll see you next time, Property Insiders. Thanks again for joining us. As the show continues to reach a wider audience, I'd love to hear from you about what you like and what you don't, so I can continue to improve the format and introduce new content. Send me an email to mike at insidepropertyinvesting.com with any input you have, and I'll be sure to get back to you. And remember, if you haven't already done so, it would mean a huge amount to me for you to rate the show on iTunes as well. Woo!